You're listening to the Team Stripes Podcast. Everybody, welcome back to the Team Stripes Podcast. I'm your host, Ross Cromaldi, and along with me, my co-host, Brandon Est. What's up, bud? How you doing? I am living the dream. Hockey's about to be back. Seattle has finally announced their team name. Life is good again. Indeed it is. We got a full slate of hockey starting today since uh, we're releasing this on Tuesday. I think our our first game starts. Let me uh, – oh, my God. I'm getting blown up here on social media out of nowhere. Somebody's popular. I know, right? Uh, let's see here. What time did we say that first game was? So, starting at 4 p.m. Eastern, we are going to be uh, watching some hockey, exhibition hockey, but uh, – the real thing gets going on Saturday on the first, so it's going to be fun to watch. You you excited? Honestly, I think I'm more excited for the exhibition games right now because everybody's playing a rival. I mean, you got Calgary and, and uh, Edmonton playing, and last time they played, there was a line brawl and a goalie fight. You got Montreal in the Habs. You have Flyers-Penguins. I mean, every rivalry you could think of in the NHL is played in exhibition. Yep, and we got – Tampa, Flor- uh, the the Lightning and the Panthers instead of Tampa, Florida. Uh, you got Carolina and Washington, Minnesota, Colorado. These are games that'll be on Wednesday. Uh, St. Louis, Chicago, New York, and th- so the Islanders and the Rangers, and then Vancouver and Winnipeg. So we got a full slate over the next couple of days. Life is good. Wednesday is going to be beautiful because we yes, got hockey is. literally all day long. And Eastern no until... one's, everyone's productivity is going out the uh, oh, window as well. Abs- absolutely zero starting tomorrow. Heck yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited for it. And then obviously we just had the announcement of the Seattle Kraken. Uh, pretty exciting stuff there. Cool logo, sweet uniforms. I was pretty happy with it. So you're a fan of their logo. I am. I think uh, I'm going to be a Kraken fan. Um, I'll stay away from some of the internet puns that I saw. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Their logo itself, like just the S, wasn't the biggest fan of, but I saw somebody got like a tattoo of, it was the anchor, and then mm-hmm. has like the background, and the S was built in with the anchor. Oh, that's that pretty sweet. really cool. Like the One two subtle... Combined. One subtle thing they did on the anchor that I didn't notice at first, the space needle is actually hidden yep. in the anchor. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. The The color scheme fits the Seattle area with the rest of their teams. The nautical theme, like, I, I think they just nailed it. Now we just have to wait a whole year before uh, they start stealing players from our favorite teams. <laughs> yes, that was such a great troll on their social media. I absolutely loved it. Whoever's running that social media deserves pay raise after pay raise. Oh, I could not agree with you more. Hopefully they keep up the trolling just like uh, in a similar fashion to Vegas. And what I I did see about their merchandise sales was they outpaced Vegas. Oh, wow. Like they, uh, yeah, like their first 48 hours or something like that, they they well outsold what Vegas did in merchandise. So that's pretty exciting stuff. 32nd team. We're going to have 16 teams on each side, and it's going to be – it's going to be nice to have balance in the league again. Um, and it, they certainly have a, a pretty favorable, you know, advantage with the draft and all that. So it, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see and see which players they take. I have a feeling the lightning are going to lose Tyler Johnson because that's where he's from. So I have a feeling that's going to be the guy that gets taken from us. Sad days. Oh, I know. Um, so moving forward with the bubble and hockey getting going, we got to talk about the referee assignments. Yep. You have that pulled up? I do. I have it right here in front of me. So we got 10 referees and 10 linesmen in each city. Uh, so going to Edmonton on the referee side, we have Mark Johnette, Steve Kazari, TJ Luxmore, John McIsaac, Brad Meyer, Dan O'Rourke, Brian Pacmara, Chris Rooney, Francois St. Laurent and Kelly Sutherland. Uh, going to Toronto, uh, Francis Chiron, Gord Dwyer, Eric Furlot, Trevor Hansen, Jean Hébert, Frederick Lequier, Chris Lee, The Goat, Wes McCauley, Kevin Pollock, and Kyle Raymond. 
the linesmen going to Edmonton. We got Scott Cherry, Ryan Gibbons, Brad Kowalczyk, uh, Keel Murchison. I butchered his last name. Okay. Uh, yeah. Terrible. Terrible. Uh, Johnny Murray, uh, Pierre Roscoe, Mark Shuchek, Tony Saracolo, Andrew Smith, and Libor. Um, I'm not even going to try to pronounce <laughs> Libor's last it's name. It's just Libor. He's a fantastic linesman. Uh, love watching that kid work. All hustle. Uh, linesman going to Toronto, Shandor Alfonso, Derek Amell, Steve Barton, Devin Berg, David Brisois, Michelle Cormier, um, Ryan Daisy, Greg Dvorsky, Mac McPherson, Derek Nansen, and Brian Pantich. Okay, this is weird because scouting the refs has out from 2019 Ryan Daisy, but they also have him listed as going to Toronto. So there you go. There's our referees and linesmen for the uh, play-in round slash first round of the playoffs. It's definitely going to be interesting to see uh, how they advance. Um, so do you think uh, playing in front of an empty arena is going to have any effect on the referees? Um, No. I mean – I think it'll make their lives easier for the most part. My biggest thing is what are these – because obviously they're in the bubble with the players. Like, they're staying at the same hotels. Like, are these guys just going to hide away in their rooms? And and did they bring their Xbox with them? Or I want to know what they're going to do to pass time. um, I can certainly uh, (laughs) – I'm sure one of us can can find out what they're doing to pass the time. Um, I know they're following the same protocols as the players as far as testing goes. Um, but as far as killing time, I know they've been there since last week and um, scouting the refs had a nice story about, uh, I guess they've been doing their zoom calls and getting in some skates and, you know, doing what they can to, to be ready, which um, I know in talking to a couple of my, uh, my, my buddies that work, they've all been, just keeping themselves in shape and just ready to go. So the, I think game one, they'll be ready just like there was no break. Oh, 100%. So they're professionals. Um, it will be interesting, though, because generally, like if you look at some of the stuff on scouting the rest, generally the home team ends up getting a couple more power plays than the road team. Um, but uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what effect – being in a neutral site has with no fans on the game, not only for the players, but definitely with the referees. I think it'll be weird for the first probably five minutes and then you always drown it out anyway. So it's not like you're going to yep. hear it. So exactly. I'm curious though. What, uh, what series are you looking forward to the most for like the play? Oh, not the, for the play-ins. Yeah. The playing round. Oh man. Um, I'm just going to watch all of it because I definitely feel like there are going to be some teams in the play-in round. If they go down to nothing, they're just going to pack it in in that third game because one of these teams that loses the play-in round is going to get the first first overall overall. pick in the NHL draft. So losing isn't necessarily the worst thing in the world when you have a one in eight chance of getting that pick. So it's going to be fun to watch. I'm more interested in watching the um, round robin games for the teams that are, you know, the first through fourth seed. Cause I feel like they're going to play hard, but at the same time, it's going to be, we're going to play hard, but not hard enough to get hurt. Yeah. So, I think for them, as long as, cause I mean, if, if you win two, you're either going to be first or second. Yeah. I think if you can win your first two games and then after that, you just kind of breeze it out and you're fine. Yeah. It'll, it'll certainly be interesting. Um, Have you, and you've seen the arena renderings. They look pretty cool. Yeah. They look sick in my opinion. Like, and actually I think they're pictures now because I know I saw the rendering, which the rendering, by the way, you would think the person on the NHL staff that did that would understand where the referees belong. Nope. Instead of putting three referees and one's linesman in the rendering, putting the linesman on the goal line and the three, like, whatever, dude. Yeah, Come no, on, the, pay a little more attention to us. I saw the pictures yesterday, and I, I thought they looked cool. I mean, I, I think it'll be cool. 
I'm excited to see what it looks like. Yeah. I just well, uh, I wish there wasn't the whatever five second delay that they're gonna put for TV one, for the mics. Uh, one other thing I saw is there uh, they the NHL got with EA Sports and they're using their crowd noise algorithm oh, for uh, the uh, for the crowd noise. So even though there won't be fans, the people on TV are going to hear crowd noise. Yikes! That'll be and interesting. Then, uh, yes, it will. We'll see how it goes. It's it's definitely going to be a, a, a an experiment in um, uh, just this this whole thing. Like it's, and then on top of all that, I saw they're having or they ha- the NHL had all the teams send in their game audio. Mm-hmm. So like, when they're the home team, they get their anthem singer and their playlist and their goal horn. So it, that's going to be kind of cool to uh, to see as well. Yeah, I think that would be cool. Um, hopefully, it like the crowd noise is kind of like how in golf they always add the birds chirping, where it's like you hear oh, it, yeah. but you don't really associate it. Like, oh, this is just an audio track looping. Yeah. Hopefully, that's what they do. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, and I'm definitely excited to hear the the open mics on the ice. <laughs> oh, five second delay though, thankfully. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that'll be so. That'll be interesting. The play, the playoff grind begins. <laughs> Our productivity is going to be absolutely zero. I know I'm gonna have on my computer multiple games going at the same time. Hundred percent, if needed. Um, it looks like they're pretty well staggered where that won't happen. But yeah, I'm my I'm gonna be not productive at all. Nope. So. And I guess with that, uh, we need to uh, roll into our interview. Yeah, before and, uh, Brandon, we get any further. Yeah, why don't you uh, tell us about our guest today? Uh, so on today's episode, we have uh, my best friend, Ethan Trexler. He's a local ref down here in Dallas. Uh, skates a bunch of juniors in college. So without further ado, Ethan Trexler. Our next guest on the podcast is an actual referee, unlike anybody else who we've interviewed before. Uh, He works ACHA D1 and D2, as well as he worked the Western States Hockey League down here in Dallas. Please welcome to the Team Strike podcast, Ethan Trexler. Thanks for having me, boys. Great to be here. Yeah, nice to have you on, Ethan. An actual ref today. This is weird. I know. I heard uh, the first episode of Megan's. It was all liney talk. I couldn't follow it at all. Yeah, it's, you know, for you referees, it's a little tough to follow what we got going on. I, uh, Trexler, you, I mean, you work pretty much everything around here in Dallas and then around Oklahoma as well. Right. How long have you been refing? Like tell people about yourself. So it started out, uh, back in, uh, of all places, college station, Texas. Uh, my family moved there when I was 10 in 2003. Uh, they didn't even have a rink when I moved there. So I had to go down to Houston to play my travel hockey, played a U16 AA for the Houston Hurricanes. Um, and then after I was done, um, you know, I wanted to give back to the hockey communities and make a little bit of money. Um, and by then the rink and college station was built. Um, so the guy who was there, you know, for their beer league and novice league and everything was like, Hey, you know, if you want to ref, like it's up to you, you know, you, got it so I was you know all I gotta do is go get a crest and certified so I was like okay uh never thought it would take me on the path that I went down uh that's for sure uh, but it was actually one of the reason I moved to Arlington besides school was to actually develop further as an official because I knew that I would get better schooling and teaching up here and have more opportunity up here um so in 2014 I made the move to finish school at UTA and then you know, start picking up games here and a couple years later, you know, get noticed and uh, it brings us to where we are now. So, so it sounds like you kind of started reffing in a similar situation I did, you know, just get done playing, figure out, Hey, I want to referee and make a little extra money. So like yeah. that was your, that was the reason behind it. Yeah, for sure. You know, of course, you know, as every kid, they want to go pro in the NHL, but when you're a five foot nothing goaltender, you know, playing, you know, U16 AA hockey in Texas, you know, I went up to New Hampshire for a couple of times for a couple of showcases, 
got offered to play junior C in uh, Leona. Didn't even know where the hell that was. It was apparently on the border, right on the border of New Hampshire and Canada or somewhere. No idea where it was. It was junior C. So I said, uh, no thanks. Uh, I'm going to go to school. Um, don't want to waste my parents' money paying, you know, $6,000 a year for junior C, you know, so went to school and yeah, it was, it was pretty much the same way. Yeah. Sounds, sounds about right. I mean, that was very similar to me. My, uh, my playing days got cut short from, uh, concussions. So I decided to, uh, pursue refereeing. Mm -hmm. Um, so did you end up in the program at all? Like what, what was your path? No. So, uh, when I'm, you know, when I moved here, you know, I contacted our local assigner and, um, you know, at that time, I believe it was still Peterson or Pepsis. It was one of them. I think it was Pepsis. Um, yeah, I think it was Pepsis. And because um, and Coxie was the president at the time. Mm -hmm. of and, uh, you know, he told me, yeah, you know, we'll get you in some games. You know, kind of never happened. And then about two years, you know, so for the first two years I was up here, I was doing peewee squirts, you know, house and travel, which, you know, I was happy to do. And, you know, I knew I had to pay my dues somewhat because, you know, nobody's getting to give the new guy who moves to town without him knowing any, you know, without knowing anybody, you know, the 18U, triple A's, double A's and all that. I mean, I worked some 18U, double A back in Houston. I'd make the trips down to Houston sometimes on the weekends to uh, go referee. Um, but, you know, my name never got thrown up here in Dallas. So I was like, okay, do you know, pay your dues. And then one day I worked with our president of Mahoa now, uh, Scott Howth, all the way in all the way over in Allen and it was a Bantam game and he was like hey like after the game he was like hey who are you and I was like oh you know Ethan blah 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 I told him my story and he was like you're like you know pretty dedicated and like you skate hard and like you, you know you know your stuff he's like what's the highest level you've done here and I was like Bantam he's like what's the highest level you've done period and he was like well I was like back in Houston I worked some U18 AA you know U16 AA but I haven't gotten any of those here he's like well let me let me talk to some people and you know, took my time eventually, and you know, one one door led to another. Started working some U16 AA games the rest of that year. Uh, the next year, got put on some U18s here, and then AAA. And then I got approached by our local college scheduler here, Michael Robinson, to see if I wanted to work some uh, Western States Hockey League. So I did that line for a little bit just to get used to the pace, switched me over to referee, and then he's also the. So college scheduler here so we put me on some college games for d2 so it sounds like just uh working hard and uh, hustling and dedicating yourself to learning the craft really paid off for you yeah that's uh that's one thing i actually pride myself on is when i skate I, you know I've, I've always wanted to be you know somebody who gets noticed um because i know my size isn't going to get me noticed so i know i have to you know work hard you know learn the rules learn the situations and everything so you know i just put my face to the grindstone and did the work I had to do and that's what got me to where I was so awesome uh, you keep bringing up your height how how tall are you officially because I, I see you're five I'm two five four and a half five okay. five on a good day so at five four and a half how do you line I mean when you broke into the western states how do you line junior hockey how do you line ACHA D1 or D even D2 so D2, there's not a lot going on in ACHA, at least up here in, you know, Texas. You, you know, I mean, the vast skill difference of some teams are very um, apparent. And so, you know, there's not really a whole lot going on those games. Sometimes it's like, you know, watching paint dry, but, you know, you still got to do what you got to do out there. Um, so for me, it was all about being with the bigger guy, uh, you know, and then whenever there's a scrum or something break out, I let the bigger guy get in there first, let him take the aggressor, and then I just go get the other guy. But I was yeah. – I mean, I'll be honest, I was never first in scrums, and I never – Sounds felt. sounds about right. Yep. Sounds about right. I'm protecting myself over getting hit with an elbow and getting a concussion. So. Well, then, then you know, obviously with your size, you ended up being a referee because that's yeah. – uh, that's just kind of the progression for the littler guys, um, well, especially, if, especially if you got some wheels and clearly you wanted to be a referee as well. Yeah. So talk about your, um, let's hear about your uh, experience, maybe starting out refereeing, whether it be like some junior games or. So, you know, the first, 
first U16 game I did up here, uh, it was two Dallas teams, obviously, you know, kind of nervous at the beginning, um, but I was with two guys who have been around Mahoa a long time and they made me feel really comfortable. Sorry, guys, I don't remember who you were. I just know it was two or two veteran guys, so I apologize. <laughs> I forget your names. Uh, and then I got my first U18 game, uh, same thing, you know, a little nervous at first, but it was just like U16, except the boys are a little bigger. Um, and then the first AAA game, uh, tier one game, I was, you know, we did four man up here. So that was nice. Um, we do four man for all you uh, 16 and 18 tier one games up here. So, you know, I was with uh, a veteran referee and I think it was actually Steve Henderson, who's our referee in chief, who I was with for my first AAA game. So, you know, he, uh, you know, he let me do my thing. He knows, he knows what I was capable of walking into it. He's like, you know, don't overthink the game you know what you're doing you know call the penalties that need to be called you know but otherwise let the boys play you know and get the ones that you need to get you know otherwise this, these guys are trying to fight for you know junior spots college spots so you know guys want to see what they can do so I did that um, and then my first junior game I mean even lining I was nervous as all hell um, you know those guys it's kind of scary because some of them know what to do with the puck when you're a liney. You know, you'll step and off most the of them don't. <laughs> yeah, but most of them don't, exactly. So there are times where I was crapping my pants and worried about somebody hitting me. Um, yeah. And then my first game in Western States as a referee, very nervous before the game. Um, Which know, they still do normal three-man, correct? Correct, yes. Okay. Um, so I'm going to ask you a question here. Um so you guys, you said you guys do, you know, four man for your U16s and U18s. What was it like going from skating four man, doing that, to then going to a junior game, being okay? I'm out here by myself. Exactly like you said, out here by yourself is the uh, key point. You know, well, actually, I, was... I shouldn't say by myself because well, yeah, it's true. You, know, you have as, your lining part as linesmen, we, right. we are out there to. To help and behind every decent referee is some pretty good, good lines so. uh, but, but you know yeah, what, what was that there, experience yeah as the only guy out there calling the penalties that needed to be called um i was with craig soderstrom and michael robinson um who are the two guys here that do a lot of the western states games uh, mike schedules the western states games here in dallas um and it was you know they knew that first period after the first period I came off the ice and I was like, oh man, that was like really good. Right. And they're like, buddy, holy cow. Like you got to slow down. Like I, I was so amped up for the game. You know, I was looking everywhere and I was missing the stuff that was going on a little bit behind the play. Cause I was so worried about, you know, making sure I saw the guy who had the puck and making sure that I was in position to call a goal, mm -hmm. you know, cause sounds about guys, right. Yeah, those guys stretch the puck from red line to blue line. And I'm just like, oh, my God, and I got to go, you know, and I'm, I always forget about stuff behind the play or I'm skating too fast. So um, about four or five games into it, in my Western States career, my junior career, I went up to uh, Oklahoma City and I refed with a gentleman named Chip Excel, um, former CHL linesman. I know that name. I've yeah. heard it a few times. Uh, I did a college nationals here last year done the western states finals i think you know four times mm -hmm. or three times thorn cup um so i was refing the saturday game the middle game and he was you know he was watching me and he gave me this great piece of advice now of course it's not usa hockey protocol but it's what i've done ever since when i'm in the middle of a three-man game is always stay a zone behind because that way everybody's in front of you and you can see all the stuff that's going to go on behind the play. He's like, if you have, when you have good liney partners, you know, if there's a stretch pass, they're going to cover you, you know, at least they should. I know you boys would, so I'm not worried about that at all. Yeah. Um, you know, but, you know, you got to watch because a lot of the stuff that I was missing and when I first started was stuff behind the play, like guys getting whacked on the shins or, you know, slash or not a major button, you know, but just like the stuff that like game management stuff yeah. where, you know, if well, you don't see it, it could get when, out of hand. When you're just starting out as a referee, it's very easy to overskate. Oh yeah, hundred percent. That's what I was doing. Like especially absolutely. if um, you know, that's not your thing or you're just, you know, getting into um uh, skating the middle and being a referee. Like it's yeah. it's very easy to get so pumped up and so like fired up to be out yep. there that you're zooming up and down the ice trying to keep up with the play 
Meanwhile, there's a kid laying in a pool of blood in the corner yep. and you have no idea what happened. Yep. And, you know, another thing too is that my first game, you know, my feedback I got from Mike and Craig was I was just so puck focused. You mm -hmm. know, I wasn't even paying attention to even the field stuff that was in my field of vision that I could see, you know, if there was a hit, you know, off to the side or an interference or whatever, like I would miss it completely because I was just so focused on the puck. Um, so anyway, going back to Chip, you know, he told me this great piece of advice, you know, stay a zone behind the puck because you, you see everything. And even to this day, when I work as a three man, you know, that's what I do. And it's gotten me the reputation of being a pretty, you know, one of the top officials as and referees here in Dallas. So. Awesome. Um, what was I going to say? Oh man, I just lost what I was going to say. Oh. You're good. Um, hey. Oh, go ahead, Brendan. Uh, tracks like, I, I get the honor to skate with you uh, up in Oklahoma doing D1 games for the uh, ACHA. You are probably – actually, no, you are the most prepared referee I think I've ever worked with at any level. Can you just talk a little bit about um, what you would do before the game or even even driving up to the game? Like, what is your what, – what are you trying to do to prepare for the game? Yeah, so I know whenever we went up typically to Oklahoma, I always had Step two backs. out of the three, um, you know, and I always had two out of the three games of where I was in the middle, whether it was OU, OU, UCO, or UCO, UCO, or U, depending on where we were and what the schedule was like. Um, so I remember every time we went up, you know, I would, while I was at work, you know, on a break or whatever, I would go to the ACHA website, you know, pull up the team's rosters of who we're having that weekend. You know, and this still goes true to my junior games. I mean, I don't give it to my lineys anymore like I did you guys. But, you know, I go into the room. I still talk to my guys about, okay, this is who we got to watch. Um, anyway, so, I mean, remember the first time we were going up there, I had um, probably a four-page stapled report mm -hmm. of all the teams we were doing. Yep. It had the uh, coach's name, where the coach was from, how they – like how far they went in hockey, um, the team's records for the year – how many games they've lost. I mean, obviously that's the record. Um, so it sounds like you really did your homework. Oh yeah. You know, I had the scoring leaders. I had the PIMS leaders, you know, circled the guys who, you know, we had to keep an eye on. So that way, you know, whenever something happened, if they were on the ice, you know, everybody knew to like kind of shift your focus toward that one guy because something was probably going to happen. And uh, I remember our first weekend up there, somebody, we were, you know, talking about one of the uh, players. I forgot which team it was from. But then the guy who we were talking about, I think it was Baker's game the second night, you know, he has to do a five-game report for something. And it was one of the guys that we had circled on the report. And luckily, we got in there quick enough to where nothing else happened. But, uh, you know, I mean, just mentally preparing, you know, every time I go up on the road, whether it's to, um, you know, I went to Wichita, Kansas a lot for the Junior Thunder, um, Oak City a lot, El Paso, um, you know, so whenever I went, out of town or even here for local snipers games when the snipers were home the western states team here um you know i always had my homework of who i was who we needed to watch who the scoring leaders were what does this game mean as far as like if it was late in the season and playoff positioning you know or who needed to win who needed you know to move up in the standings to get in so you know so you basically homework. you were making yourself your own media packet more yep. or less like exactly uh like when i do coastly games or when i've uh when i used to work in the sphl that's what we would get before the game and we'd sit there and flip through and look at everything and see who we got to watch out for and all that kind of stuff so that's pretty cool that you're taking the initiative to do that for yourself on you know your acha or even your junior games right it was the most thorough stat pack i ever read as well that's that's pretty when he's pulling up coaches and where they played i'm like why does why does why does this matter well you know because some guys played in the coast and you know i think one guy we had playing the a um you know so those guys kind of know what they're talking about so we just you know always want to be prepared to make sure that you know we have our rules down and, you know making sure the stuff we're calling is the right stuff to call so Talk um, about the rules really quick, because I know you have a cheat sheet, especially for ACHA with all their funky rules. How do you, as a referee, bounce between every league? So I think Megan's talked about it too, uh, the cheat sheet last episode. Yeah. Um, 
and I have a cheat sheet as well, but unlike Megan's, mine is everything toward rules that, you know, I don't think about every day. You know, obviously a hooking is going to be the same in any league, no matter what you do. Tripping is going to be the same, you know. So, you know, where you kind of get the differences, your major penalties, boarding, you know, checking from behind, you know, head contact, stuff like that. So I have also made a cheat sheet for, you know, the different leagues that I work, such as ACHA, Western States. Um, they have an adult semi-pro league here called the Mountain West Hockey League. I have a cheat sheet for that. Um, you know, I even have one for USA Hockey in case, you know, I, you know, forget everything I shouldn't as a level four, but. What is this mount? What, what's that? Yeah, so league? it's called the Mountain West Hockey League. Okay. Um, it's a, they call it a semi-pro league. Um, it's pretty much former D1 players, East Coast players, Central League players um, who kind of want to stay like with an organized. So it's like stuff. a really good men's league. With it's, it's, it's called men's A checking. Okay. So it's like a senior um, but, in Canada. But it has the NHL rule book, and these guys can fight as well. Oh, okay. That's cool. So it's the NHL rule book with a few tweaks here and there. Um, but, I mean, there there's teams in – there's like two or three teams in California. There's one in either Kansas City or St. Louis. They have two teams up here in the Metroplex in Fort Worth and Dallas. And then um, there's Colorado. a couple – Colorado has a team. Does Utah have a team? I don't think so. I don't. I don't know for sure. I mean, I only worked probably four games last year, and it was that's, three uh, four of them were the Barracuda and Titans. So that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a cool experience. It's a cool experience. I mean, you know, you got full grown ass men going out there, like, and they they go hard. Like they treat that stuff like it's you know game seven of the cup. You know, and it's really cool to see because like those guys love playing hockey and they're out there for the love of the game. You know, because they're not getting paid. You know, and most of the time, depending on you know, if you got a good sponsor or not, you're paying your way out like the guys from California to come out here to Texas or, you mm-hmm. know, Colorado to Texas, you know, so those guys are doing it for the love of the game, you know, and they go hard every time they play out there. And, you know, like most of the time they're out there, you know, trying to have fun too, but you know, there's is times where stuff does hit the fan and, you know, you got to know your rules for that one too. So I have a cheat sheet for that league, but you know, I go over my cheat sheet for every, you know, whatever game I'm doing before the game, whether it's ACHA, Western States, you know, uh, USA, even USA Hockey. I like to open up the rule book before I get on the ice just to, you know, refresh myself if there's anything, you know, that's going to happen. Since we're talking about some rule book stuff and, you know, we all three of us do ACHA, I saw today uh, NCAA made some changes to their rule book. Um, so Finally. no more sp- – no more spinorama goals on penalty shots or shootouts, but the big one's going to be uh, choosing the side of the ice you want for icing and power plays, which I got to experience with the ECHL uh, mm-hmm. this year, which wasn't terrible, but it's definitely going to be interesting to deal with at the uh, ACHA level. How do you feel? How do you feel about uh, using that if ACHA ends up adopting that? From oh the- man, that'd be kind of. Uh... I think for D1, it would have a big effect um, because, you know, those guys are there. They're pretty good hockey players. Yeah. I mean, you know, those those are guys who have played NA, you know, some Western states maybe, depending on where you're from, USPHL. So, you know, those Mm -hmm. guys kind of, you know, are really, really into the game. And I think, you know, at that level, you have coaches kind of strategically planning more um, versus at the D2 level, you know, high or lower D2 level, I don't think it will, you know, have that big of a change. I think it's just going to be annoying not to look at the coach and be like, oh, hey, what side of the ice do you want? Yeah, I, I think that's going to be the the thing with, with that is especially, I know around here, like for us, it's mostly D3. So mm-hmm. it, it's going to be fun saying, hey, uh, you get to pick which side of the uh-huh. ice. And I bet you the kids on. won't even know it. I bet you the kids and coaches won't even know it. No, probably not. That's going to be the job of the back referee. Yep. Hundred percent. I'm, I'm really hoping we get just everyone goes to four man in uh, ACHA because uh, here we do two and one. Oh yeah, um, that's fun. By life. by choice of uh, the uh, the teams in the area. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, so that'll that'll definitely be an interesting change when when it, when the season does get eventually get started. Sorry, boys, fixing my camera. You're good. All good, dude. All good. So my question is though when 
you're in a three man whose job is it is it going to be to ask the coach what oh, side you want because the refs uh, doing usually, a line change obviously yeah well usually the ref or the um the linesman who's marking the spot also kind of looks and you just um, hope they're paying attention. Yeah, so like with <laughs> with my ex, my experience in the ECHL with it and even watching like the uh, the NHL um the centers know what's going on and as they're coming on the ice they're going to point mm-hmm. or like as a linesman if you know the center you're you're probably already gonna, okay, I know that guy likes to always go to this side. So you're generally you're probably going to go there anyway. So yeah, it's just a matter of you know, picking up on, you know, whether the coach points it out or the center does, it's usually pretty quick. They, uh, they got used to it pretty fast. Yeah. And, you know, typically nine times out of 10 centers want it on their backhand because that's their strong side. So. Yep, exactly. Um, sidebar to refereeing. How did you feel about the, uh, uh, the Seattle Kraken and the logo and all that? Oh today? boy. The, the logo I was excited for the announcement. It's uh, it's pretty cool. You know, Seattle's going to have a team, 32 teams in the NHL, top it all out, make it even again. Um, the, Brendan sent our group chat the jerseys. Jerseys look sick, like the 100%. jerseys. Jerseys, color schemes, everything looks good. Can't wait to see what the building's going to look like. Don't like the logo. I feel like they could have done so much more with the logo. Like put an actual Kraken on there or – you know, I, I just, I don't know, an S, it, it looks like a... I, I liked I liked the S just with the, the throwback to the original Seattle Metropolitans. Uh-huh. So, like, I don't know. I, I thought they nailed it. Like, they they went the safe route. I think all the fans wanted that Kraken name. Yeah. So, I, I think they uh, I think they nailed it. So. Is, it the, is it the only team in the NHL now without an S at the end of it? No, there's a couple others. The Lightning... <laughs> Oh, the Kraken, right. the Avalanche, and I can name them all off the top of my head. Uh, I'll come up with the other one, but those are the ones I can think of yeah. off the top of my head. Toronto, no, oh, maybe, no, they're, no the they're the Leafs. Come on, they're not the Leaf. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, their new logo, though, like the first time I saw it, it looked like a cobra. <laughs> with the red eye and then just a random octopus going through it. I, I I thought they missed on the logo, but the jerseys are beautiful. The color schemes are beautiful, but the logo is just. Well, you know, they could use a future big Kraken for an alternate third jersey in the future. They could. Which would be sick. That they would be. All right. So enough of the sidebar about, about that. <laughs> what, um, what's your favorite thing about officiating? Um, honestly, it's talking to the, the boys your crew with, but then also establishing a rapport with some of the players, you know, over the years you've developed, you know, rapport with these players, you know, for instance, some guys here in Dallas, you know, you know them all the way from when they're a, you know, Bantam all the way up through midgets. And then, you know, whether they stay here to go to college and play locally, or some guys even go up to Oklahoma or UCO to play D1, or they stay here and do juniors, you know, you just kind of see them around the rink and they're like, Oh, Hey man, like, what's up? What are you doing here? Like, are you doing our game? You know, or you're there, to, you're there to play it's, uh, while they have a game. So it's, it's always nice when you go to the rink and the boys are like, Hey, are you doing our game? And then they're uh-huh. happy about it. Yeah. I've gotten that reaction more than I've been unhappy. So I think, I think I'm doing okay. Truth. Yeah. Always and I, love I you up in Oklahoma. And I'd have to agree with, you know, favorite part of officiating is, is the, the camaraderie and the boys. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I think, I think that's what's, you know, so, what makes it different from everything else is just because you have, you know, like Megan said last episode, you just have the small family and nobody realized mm-hmm. like how tight the family is until you get into it. But after yep. you're in it, it's awesome. That's the truth. We got friends all over the place, yep. you know, you always got a bed to sleep on or a couch to sleep on uh, wherever you are. 100 percent um do you do anything locally like uh training other officials or mentoring or like any what do you like give giving back i guess to the association you need yeah so um whenever every summer uh our local one of the local associations here mahoa puts on a except this summer obviously due to covid um but you know every summer our uh training program here puts on a new officials 
not seminar, but instructional class. It's like a four or five week, um, you know, kind of get together with people who in the Dallas area are interested in maybe becoming a referee. You know, our local association will rep, uh, get an hour of ice and we'll do some small ice drills, you know, on basic positioning, you know, basic skating, um, you know, and so I'm out there helping our uh, instructors do that. Um, and then I'm part of the, uh, I'm a mentee for our mentor program. So guys who they're looking to bring up to do the higher level games, you know, U18, AA, U18, AAA, all that stuff. Um, awesome. I get, I get paired with a new guy or a newer guy. Um, you know, only at 27 now I, I'm considered, I guess, a wily veteran to be put on a game to where there's a new guy coming up and, you know, they'll say, hey, can you watch this guy, you know, see how he does in this kind of game. So, you know, I do that. Help. I just want to help guys move up. You're only 27, but, you know, you got a lot of experience and you've done a lot. So yeah. it's awesome that they rely on you and they have the faith in you to, to be able to go out and do that. And, and I think it's cool, too, because I can tell them, look, I'm Mahoma grown, too, and this is what I've done. You know, I started when I moved here, not doing these level games and then through hard work and everything getting noticed, you know, I've done all these other games and, you know, I've even had the pleasure to travel to other places to, you know, do higher level games. So, you know, if you work hard as I did and you put your nose to the grindstone, like it'll pay off. So. Yep. We have a similar uh, here with uh, myself and then we have another guy here, uh, Charlie O'Connor, who we've both uh, done quite a bit, Charlie doing a lot more than me. And it, it's, you know, you, you get to say, Hey, you know, I came up through you for you, Dallas, or for us, you know, here in Tampa, like, here's what we've gotten to do um, because of our great game of hockey and being officials. So, if, right. you know, there's so many doors that can be opened from uh, when you uh, end your playing days and start officiating. Yeah, and I'm telling you, those ODP boys who are down here in Texas this year, and they're ready to go to El Paso because El Paso joined the uh, NA3. Okay, the boys are gonna have a blast. I it cannot is an wait. Kicker down there. What they mm -hmm. do down there, I mean, they treat the officials right. They have three thousand people packed in that barn every night. They sell out every night. You know, they have big jumbotrons on both sides. They have, you know, six or seven cameras that follow the puck, oh, just like an NHL game. I mean, that's pretty Corey, awesome. Corey Herman does it right down there in El Paso. He, he does it good. That's pretty cool. So, Trexler, uh, refing up in Oklahoma is obviously there's not too many guys, I think, that listen to this podcast from Oklahoma that ref in Oklahoma. What is that like? What's the uh, ACHA D1 up there with UCO and OU? Like, how good is that hockey? For college hockey, you know, in the South, it is tip tops for me. Um, you know, I don't think you'll go further South and find obviously a better college, two college programs to play hockey for. You know, if you're a kid growing up in Oklahoma or Texas and you think you're, you know, decent hockey player, you know, those are where you can go. But even for officials, you know, if you want to get to the top of the ACHA pinnacle, you know, and you're living in the South, like, there's a realistic shot for you to get there. You know, you just got to know the right people and work your bag off when you're skating, you know, try to get noticed. Um, it can be a little intimidating at first, especially in a UCO's barn. UCO puts about a thousand people in their barn versus, you know, OU probably maybe a hundred on a good day. Um, you know, and those UCO fans, especially down that student section, they, you know, they let you hear it and they don't care what they say about you, it can be anything from, you know, talking about your mother to a kind of profession that other people do that you may not necessarily want to do yourself. Um, but all, all in all, it's, it's a good time. I mean, it gets you going. You can barely have yourself thinking in the OU barn. I mean, it is loud. It's pumping. The energy is great. And, you know, I haven't had the chance to do a civil war yet when they play OU. You have. Uh, yep. Brandon, but I mean, I've heard it's just an absolute nightmare as far as like, you know, how the game is not necessarily a nightmare, but it's crazy game, crazy stands. I mean, it's loud. It is. I loud. mean, I, I remember doing the civil war at UCO and at their rink, the, the seats start at the, at the board. So at, right. at like half, so like the, everybody's over the glass mm -hmm. and there was probably, 
1500 people in there and you just could not think and it's i mean the the civil war between uco and ou i remember so they played a friday saturday friday night was two periods of straight murder ball nobody played hockey everybody was looking to just kill each other third period they all kind of calmed down and then the next game it was just murder ball for three periods and it's Goalie makes a routine glove save, and next thing you know, we have a scrum because the goalie made a save, and nobody right. knows why. Um, but that was fun. Mm-hmm. I honestly think, though, my favorite was going up there. It was with you, and I think it was with Baker, and it was uh, at UCO, and me and you were lining, and you came into the locker room. I think it would have been after the second period, and you just had the look of, like, like something, something hurt you. And and I, I remember me and Baker looking at you and we're like, hey man, like like are you good? Like like what's up? And you were like you're like, yeah, man, like uh these fans though, like, man, man, they're they're, they're kind of mean. And we're like, oh, well, what did they say? And uh <laughs> I don't I don't even know how to put this. One of them asked you nicely, uh, due to your height, if you might work in the adult industry. <laughs> and I just remember me and Baker just dying laughing and and you were just like i i i mean like how how do i answer that i mean to me that was honestly hilarious um you know because the, the kid was obviously intoxicated out the wazoo but like how do you deal with that stuff you know for me i don't really let what other people say about my officiating ability get to me because i know that if I were to hand them over a whistle, one, they probably aren't a great skater. So there's no way to do it anyway, you know, and two, you know, they don't know the rule book. Like, you know, what they don't, I mean, in all reality, they don't know hockey like you do and you know, what is actually a felony and what's not. So for me, a lot of time, I mean, 99% of the time it's in one ear and out the other. Like I don't, honestly, I, somebody can come up to me after the game and say, Hey man, like, that guy called you a freaking loser. Like he says, you don't know any of the rules. And I'm just like, Oh, I, I didn't hear him at all. Cause I'm just, whenever I'm refereeing, I'm just so in tune with the game and, you know, you got to keep an eye on everything that's happening and looking at what's everything that's happening. I hardly hear anything anybody says in all honesty. And if I do, I just let it go in one out the other. It doesn't bother me at all. And I think I... that's kind of the attitude you have to have, especially if you're going to be a referee, you know, cause the, ball is on you way more the camera's on you way more you know and if you you know start having you know mental breakdowns after every period you come off the ice because of somebody or something that somebody said to you you're not going to have a good game you're not going to be able to develop as an official you want to you know become and you know you kind of got to have thick skin you know you can do what you got to do at times you know as far as like maybe if they say something super mean point to the security guard and get them the hell out of there you know, but, you know, otherwise for me, it's just thick skin. And honestly, like I said, I, I don't hear a lot of it. So. I, well, I think with that, we're going to wrap up this interview. So Ethan, thank you for coming on. It's been an, an honor and a pleasure and I uh, hope you have a great season. Thanks. Thanks, dude. Hopefully, hopefully it, it happened. Um, kind of nervous about that, but hopefully we'll get a season going here and thanks for having me boys. Yep. Anytime. Yeah. Thank right, you. Y'all take care. Thanks. Take it easy. Well, we hope you enjoyed our interview with Ethan. I know it was uh, it was cool getting to know him. Um, I, another guy that one of these days when I get out to Dallas to uh, to actually meet Brendan in person and skate with another guy that I, I definitely want to be able to get on the ice with. Yeah, you should uh, definitely come down for Labor Day because we need all the bodies we can get that weekend. Dude, if I leave here for another Labor Day tournament, my scheduler is going to shoot me. I always do the Labor Day tournament up in Orlando. And it's just kind of like we have our core group of guys that have been going to the Orlando Labor Day and MLK tournament for the last at least 10 years. But last year we had a huge tournament here in Tampa and my scheduler like gave me so much crap that I was going to go do the Orlando one. And I'm like, dude, I didn't realize how big our one here has gotten just because I've been doing the Orlando tournament. So if I were to leave, Oh my God, he might get really mad at me. Yeah. But we are, we, 
we're lucky in Dallas where our Labor Day tournaments are pretty much, I think, our biggest tournament of the year because it kicks okay. our, our season. It's like the Travel League uses it as a seeding tournament as well going into the season. So oh, for gotcha. like the different, you know, uh, from double A to single A. Okay. And so I think last year it was like 400 plus teams were here from squirts to 18s. Like it was, Holy it was cow, insane. I've been out there once. Um, I flew out there and it's funny. It's kind of messed up because the day I got there, I remember getting off the plane, waiting on my baggage and it was um, when they had announced uh, or when they had found Heath Ledger uh, in oh, okay. his uh, apartment uh, overdosed or whatever happened to him. But yeah, I, I'll just, that's something that I'll never forget about that trip to Dallas was I got off the plane and it, it was all over the news that news that Heath Ledger had died. Yikes. But it was, yeah, yeah. Kind of a morbid way to remember a hockey trip. That's one way to remember Dallas, I guess. But yeah, but I do remember that tournament being a lot of fun, and I, it, uh, it certainly set me up because the following year, um, I got really into the program full time and all that. So that was a good stepping stone tournament for me. Yeah, it's definitely Anywho. a fun one. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, with that, we'll uh, we'll go ahead and call it a day. I think everyone. Hopefully you enjoy watching the games this next week. And um, I think one of our plans with the stream or with the podcast is we're going to do, try to do some live streams on Twitch. Uh, we'll put out the link. It's going to be twitch.tv slash go team stripes. Um, and on those Twitch streams, we'll probably do some watch alongs with some games. So if anyone wants to uh, watch some hockey with us, feel free to uh, do so. 100%. Uh, we'll also be coming out with another episode, I guess, next Tuesday, so a week from now, out in, in August, and uh, we look forward until then. All right, buddy. Well, we'll, uh, we'll catch up with you later, and everybody, thank you for listening to the Team Stripes podcast, and uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks, guys.